Welcome to The Honest Pour with John Lennart, where we go beyond the bottle to connect you with the people and places that make each wine so unique. One of Italy's iconic Barolo producers is sold to an American family known for mini-marts. What effect will the sale have on the future of their wine? Find out all of that and more as I talk with Elena Corrado of Vietti on this episode of The Honest Pour. This episode of The Honest Pour is sponsored in part by Fooditor.com, bringing you the stories of Chicago's chefs, restaurants, and people who make food all over town. Fooditor.com. Welcome to The Honest Pour. We're recording today's episode at Fermento's, 925 West Randolph in Chicago. With me today is Elena Corrado of Vietti. Welcome. Yes. Thank you very much for having me here. Many people know Vietti. It's an iconic brand, but maybe for some of my listeners that don't know about Vietti, Tell me a little bit about Vietti, about its history, and about its place. Okay. But, uh, first of all, Vietti is a five-generation five, uh, history in the Barolo region. Uh, we are based in uh, Castiglione Falletto, which is one of the 11 villages uh, which are part of the Barolo area. As a date of birth, we, we like to say 1873, because this was the oldest battle of Barolo we were able to find. So let's say that the history of Vietti goes back... Uh, Long time, uh, long time ago. Since five generations, we are in uh, Castiglione Falletto. We are known uh, as uh, one of the oldest Barolo producers, but uh, Vietti uh, is not only Barolo. Vietti is uh, <laughs> several other uh, wines, yeah. several other passion, uh, loves. We love Barbera. We love... Uh, we have a Barbaresco, very beautiful Barbaresco. We have a long history on the Royer Arnaise. We'll talk the, about that. The in a white bit. wine. So Vietti is a little bit of everything. Uh, the focus of the family has been always that to, uh, you know, to to work on almost all the autochthon indigenous uh, varietal of uh, of the region. Uh, one of the biggest, uh, for me, one of the biggest. Uh, important characteristic of Vietti is that uh, the family always uh, invested and did a lot of, uh, put a lot of attention in uh, collecting, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so really collecting vineyards uh, all around. So even if the winery is based in Castiglione Falletto since uh, always, our family, our grandfather before the us and all the previous generations and then us, we always love to uh, by vineyards or rent vineyards outside also of the village of Castiglione Falletto. So uh, the, one of the important characteristic uh, of Vietti is that uh, we can have a wide range of uh, vineyards all around the Barolo area, but not only in the Barbaresco, in the Moscato, in the Assi region, in the Roero area, a little bit all spread out everywhere. So the attention and the goal of the winery of the family has been always that to be very focused in renting or purchasing lands a little bit everywhere in the best size, in the best exposure. And, and you so, have about 35 hectares of vineyards? 37 more or less, 37 yes. Um, mostly is Barolo, but as I told you, for Vietti, very important is Barbera. Uh, on our production, we have uh, five labels of Barberas, so <laughs> it's quite... Uh, if you think that every year we make uh, five Barolos, and times by times in the big vintages, in the top vintages, a Reserva Barolo, and every year we make five Barberas, uh, means that Barberas for VIT is uh, mm-hmm. 
not a secondary wine. It's very important. It's right. a very, uh, it's a very first uh, uh, wine for for the family for us, uh, and we always uh, uh, put a lot of attention and efforts in uh, uh, in this uh, grain varietal. You're Luca Corallo's wife, yes. and Luca is the enologist and winemaker for yes. the so you married into the family. Yes. Was wine something you wanted to do before getting involved in the family, or was that something you did? I always loved wines. My, uh, Where are you from? I'm from Santo Stefano Belbo, which is a village in the middle of the Moscato okay. area, so not that far away from uh, uh, Castiglione Falletto. Uh, but my family always had a bar, cafe, uh, not restaurants, but more on the cafe and bar sites. And still my family has uh, run a very nice wine bar in, uh, in Alba. Uh, I met Luca, I have to say, when I was very young, <laughs> 18 years old. And so we grew up together, I have to say, because uh, now we are here since, uh, you know, uh, more than 25 years. And so... Uh, we married since uh, 23, even if Luca says always, uh, ah, I married probably since 30 years, <laughs> and I can say since 40. <laughs> no, anyway, we grow up together. So I do not come uh, from any wine uh, family, but I always loved, enjoyed, uh, of course, uh, wines. And meeting Luca in very young uh, age, uh, allow me to to have the best teacher, <laughs> sure, for sure. Yeah, quite, quite a teacher. Living daily with uh, with the family and involved in the family was really one of the biggest uh, uh, and most important part, for sure. You know, we talk a lot about when we talk Vietti, we talk a lot about Barolo and Barbera, but there's a white grape that's really important in, in, to the Vietti family. There's a sure. connection between Vietti and Arnais. Of course. Maybe some of my listeners might not know about the special connection that uh, Vietti has with Arnais. Can you tell me about that? Of course. Uh, we we are always very proud of uh, the Royer Arnais, uh, which is the only dry white wine we have uh, in our portfolio, uh, because we have another white wine, which is the Moscato, more known, uh, more popular, and uh, uh, known before than the Royer Arnais. Uh, Arnais, uh, for the family... The rare Arnais, particular for the family, is a, is a wine uh, that, uh, as I told you, we are very proud of because Luca's father, Alfredo Currado, was uh, one of the first to rediscover or to, let's say, to, to take back he to life. He saved it. He saved it yes, from extinction, yeah? from extinction because in the 60s, the varietal Arnais was, uh, that at that time actually was called also Nebbio Bianc, white Nebbiolo because uh, was growing uh, wild, indigenous, there and there in different vineyards. So there was not a full vineyard of uh, these uh, white uh, gray varietals. So people, they didn't know how to name, and they were calling uh, uh, wild nebbiolo, nebbio bianc. Was, uh, this varietal was used uh, at the time to be blended with the nebbiolo, to have a rosé wine, for example. Very simple rosé wine, and the name of the wine was also not so fancy name. It was called the mother-in-law's wine, Il Vino della Suocera, the mother-in-law's wine. So it was uh, really not uh, such a, a fancy name, with all the respect of uh, the mother-in-law, for sure. <laughs> uh, or was uh, used to make, a, let's say, a vinification in a sweet way, like the Moscato. Oh. 
Uh, Alfredo wanted to add a white wine among all the red wines the family was producing, but it really, since the family was making all wine coming from autochthon varietals, he knew the existence of Arnese, of this white Nebbiolo, and he wanted to go and look forward to get some of these grapes because his interest was much more on autochthon indigenous varietal. Uh, so the story on the Arnese is also funny how they get, my mother-in-law and Alfredo, my father-in-law, how they get uh, the, the grapes to start the first vinification because it was not simple at that time. There was not a full vineyard. Sure. So they asked the help of a priest in Santo Stefano Roero, uh, because they didn't know how to, 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 to get uh, these uh, grapes. Uh, and so this priest, uh, during uh, the Sunday function, mass, yeah. yes, started to talk about wine and started to say that he had a friend in the Langa region, in the Langa area, in uh, Castiglione Falletto, which was looking for some uh, grapes of this uh, Nebbio Bianca. And uh, he was asking among the crowd if there was somebody uh, with uh, these uh, grey varieties uh, and that they wanted to sell these grey varieties to come uh, in one week, uh, next Sunday, in front of the church to sell uh, the, the grapes. So, and it was like this. So one week later, Alfredo was there and collected uh, from more than uh, 25, 30 farmers small quantities sure. of Arnaise grapes uh, and started the vinification in 1967 of uh, the first dry white wine. So it was really the first experience of uh, uh, a new wine. And uh, well, then became a DOCG wine in 2007, but today Arnaise is really one of the most planted white varietal uh, of, uh, of the area, but was really completely almost extinguished, disappeared in the 60s. So in a certain way, Alfredo is also considered a little bit the father of Arnaise. Sure, yeah because uh, he saved the varietal really to, to be extinguished, to, be, to disappear. Great. That, that's a terrific story. Um, and now we know you, you, do, you make five Barberas. Yes. Uh, tell me about the Nebbiolos and Barolos that you make. Allora, we start with the Nebbiolo and Barolo? Or sure. We, okay. we start with Nebbiolo. With the Nebbiolo and Barolo. But Nebbiolo word, of course, for Vietti is, is a big, important word. Uh, out of the Nebbiolo, we do not make only the Barolos because Vietti has always a very tiny production of Barbaresco. So we have also a small product, 3,500, less than 4,000 bottles of, Barbar of uh, Barbaresco uh, produced uh, under Vietti. And historically, is also one of the oldest producers of Barbaresco because we were making the first vintage of Barbaresco was 61. So even before the DOCG came uh, out. So mm -hmm. even if it's a small production, uh, we are very proud of our uh, Barbaresco. Of course, the Barolo is uh, the biggest uh, word. It's the heart of Vietti. See, is, is, uh, is the heart of Vietti, even if, uh, as I told you, for us, Barbera is a special... Uh, it's a special Porsche, place, yeah. Special, a special place. Uh, for the Barolo, I have to say that we are lucky because... Uh, our family has access today in the Barolo area, in all the Barolo region, to 15 different single vineyards, 15 different crews. And this is, a, I think, is something of uh, unique because uh, these 15 vineyards, of course, uh, 
has been collected uh, in many years, okay. not uh, <laughs> in the last 10, 15 years. Uh, also because today, if we have to start to collect so many vineyards uh, with the price of the land in the Barolo region, uh, would be very difficult. Uh, so <laughs> very, very tough. Sure. We have access to these uh, 15 uh, crews, 15 beautiful uh, crew vineyards, uh, but yet it doesn't make uh, 15 uh, crew Barolos, because if you see the the production of Vietti, uh, we make every year four Crubarolos, yes, which are the Rocche di Castiglione, uh, Lazzarito from uh, Serralunga, Brunate from La Morra, and Ravera from Novello. Plus, we have this uh, very important uh, reserve, which is the Villero. We make Villero only in super top vintages, and when uh, in a super top vintage, the wine is, uh, for the family, outstanding. So Villero was made 10 times on more than 30 years. Wow, so, very rarely. <laughs> very, rare, uh, very rare wine. And when, 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 when that wine's made, it probably barely even makes it to the U.S., right? No, it's, uh, it's 3,400 bottles produced oh, of so the Villero. Uh, very, very small quantity. Uh, like uh, basically all the crew that we produce every year, but uh, Villero, since it's coming out so rarely, of course, uh, when it's coming out, uh, <laughs> it's also more difficult uh, to allocate uh, compared sure, to the crew. Everyone crews. wants to get some. So, because it's really something that uh, for, for the family comes out uh, in a particular vintage, but when we think in that particular vintage, the wine is. Uh, outstanding for for the family and so that's why 10 vintages on more than uh, 30 years so 2000 uh, sorry uh, 1982 was the first vintage of Villero uh, the last one was 2007 and we made Villero 10 times so yeah. come on very, very rare would you consider the Barolos of Vietti a traditional style or a more modern style more on the traditional style because if you think uh, Going back to large casks. See, going back to the 15 uh, crews that I told you we have, uh, we make a separate vinification of everything. We keep, uh, we make a separate uh, alcoholic fermentation, malolatic fermentation, and separate age. So basically, all the crews, uh, all the 15 crews, they have long period of maceration, 35, 40 days, Mm. and then uh, the aging is always in all uh, large uh, casks, Lavonia no casks. Some of the 15 crews, they do the second fermentation in season, in used okay. uh, French uh, oak, mm-hmm. and then they are moved for the aging in the big, uh, large cask. So there is not the same recipe for all the 15 crews, because, uh, as you know, all the crews are so different. In the Barolo region, the characteristic is, of course, to have all these fragmentation, parcelization, all these single vineyards. Uh, Vineyards different, not only village by village, but in the same village, one vineyard different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to the next. Up uh, the hill, a little different see, than down the hill. And the, 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 the area is an amazing area for, for this reason, because it's so unique and repeatable in any other part of, uh, uh, of the world. So having 15 crews is like to have 15 different kids with 15 different personalities, with different needs. needs. Yeah. And so, and all very important because, of course, uh, you, you do not make distinction if you have, uh, you know, 
15 kids. You try to do the best for all of them. For sure, paying attention to their own uh, uh, personality and they, all their own needs. So on the 15 vineyards, some of them, uh, we make a second fermentation in a uh, small French oak, all, uh, almost all used barrels, and then uh, we pass uh, to the big cask, to the traditional botti, mm-hmm. big cask, Slavonian oak cask for the aging, uh, aging part. And then, of course, at the end of all this period of aging, what we do is to take our decision because uh, to make 15 crews battle separately, can you imagine to sell 15 crews and to explain 15 different crews <laughs> uh, and to sell all these small... Very uh, complicated. Then. Very complicated. So since we have the fortune to have all these uh, crews, uh, we normally battle separately every year for mm-hmm. out of the 15. Rocche di Castiglione, Lazzarito, Brunate and Ravera. And we decide for the Villero, if reserva or yeah, not. If there's a reserve. And then we have other 10 left, very important vineyards, very, that could stand for sure by themselves. And what we do is to blend practically part of these vineyards for our Barolo Castiglione, our blended Barolo, and part of other, of these other 10 vineyards for our Perbacco Nebbiolo. And the Perbacco Nebbiolo is, a declassified, is, is declassified Barolo. Reclassified, so. let's say, because the correct word should be reclassification of a quantity that we do not use as a Barolo, but we reclassify as Lange Nebbiolo. Right. But, but what you're really a, drinking is Barolo. Basically, yes, because uh, the Perbacco has a blend of uh, Cru Barolos, all the vineyards, uh, that they could stand as a single vineyard Barolo, or that they could be blended all with the Castiglione Barolo. But the idea of the family, the idea of Vietti, is uh, not to have, of course, under Vietti, a inexpensive Barolo, because we, we believe that to have a cheap, let's say... No, you can't have a cheap Barolo. Don't cheap ever, Barolo right. is not... Uh, great is not good for the image. So what we do is, uh, in a certain way, sacrifice, even if it's not a sacrifice, because Perbac is one of our best (laughs) seller wine, but to to use part of this blend that could be or all Castiglione, or that could stand as a label Barolo and sold for, uh, let's say, more uh, less expensive, price, we prefer to reclassify as Lange Nebbiolo. So for us, when we talk about entry-level Barolo, Forvietti is our Perbacco, Lange Nebbiolo Perbacco. Castiglione becomes already our first important flagship uh, image of Barolo for uh, Forvietti. And then, of course, we go to the crew, which are something more sure. deep into the vineyards, deep into the soil. Into very distinctive Very distinctive personality. So having so the possibility to have so many vineyards, 
Honestly, we can do, we can choose what to do. So we can have the distinctive personality of the, the, the single vineyards. We can have the reserva when we want, and we think it's a good year to have a reserva. And we can use the rest to have wines that can be drunk also in a everyday life. Because the crew wines, of course... These are not everyday wines. It's not everyday wines. I mean, for many, maybe they could be <laughs> everyday wines, but considering the quantity of the crews, which are very small quantities, considering how super allocated they are, considering that uh, many people, they is, is a wonderful world, the crew world. But of course, uh, many, they keep the crews uh, aside to age and then to open, uh, you know, in the big important occasion. is a more... Uh, is a more rare wine. Mm -hmm. Becomes sometimes more difficult to find. Uh, so, thanks uh, to the fact that we have other great vineyards that, that we can use for the Castiglione Barolo, we can have a Barolo, I always say, for a Thursday evening also, sure, no? sure. and not only for the Christmas right, time. Right, I can open up a uh, Perbacco on <laughs> Or you Thursday open a Perbacco, or like, uh, you know, one of my best... Uh, I like the most to hear is when people say to me that Berbacco for them is their Barolo for every day. So it's the house wine. Because it's really like this. It's great quality, great value wine. It's one of our greatest value wine. Uh, the attention that we put in the, the Berbacco is, uh, is huge in terms of vineyards and in terms of vinification because, uh, to be honest, this could be labeled as uh, Barolo. Barolo. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to ask you one question before we get into tasting. See, it's big news. Yeah, Vietti was sold to an American American company, American family. Uh, there's a lot of concern that you know these Americans are, are going to come in. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, what does the sale mean for the future of Vietti and for Luca's vision for what his wines are? Well, I think is uh, first of all. Uh, we consider Vietti always uh, our wineries <laughs> because uh, you know we are we are there we are still there we will be there. And we had the fortune to find uh, in our uh, pathway in our way a very nice family that uh, fully understand uh, and understood uh, our thoughts and our needs. Uh, we have we are completely 100% active as we were 3 4 months ago we will continue to be very active in the future because it's not to make more bottle of course but to improve for wines Basically, I have to say, Castiglione, per So, so, we so you're not going to turn Vietti into a wine that's on the grocery store no, shelf? No, 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 no. The, 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 the ownership, the, the, <laughs> the family own, okay, but there is nothing to, the relation is uh, uh, that we continue to handle Vietti and to uh, follow Vietti as we did till three, four months ago. So Vietti is our history, Vietti is our family name, uh, and the idea is uh, to work as hard as possible as we did till today, to make people understand that nothing has changed, that the team is there, that me and Luca, we are there, but that visited the seller could uh, see that we are there, we didn't 
escape for any private uh, island somewhere. Okay, good, good. So the word in Lang is changing. For the, for the health of the brand, for us, this was the best uh, decision. We are very, very sure of, uh, of this. I know that uh, the news was a big news. It was big news. Yeah. It was big news. Everyone was worried. No, you know, VAT is so loved. No one wants us to change. When you hear no, new ownership, it, you think change. No, no, no. The ownership is a very brilliant family, which uh, uh, led me, led me, led Luca basically, because he's uh, the one that is uh, managing all the production, uh, doing what he was doing till uh, yesterday. Well, shall we taste some wine? Yes, of course. Great. So we start with the Barbera d'Asti Trevigne. So this is a, our, one of our five, uh, as I told you, Barbera. is a blend of three vineyards together. Is a uh, yeah. Yes, three vineyards. Three vineyards. It's Asti. What so, a pretty color. See, but... Um, it's fun. is a deep color normally, mm -hmm. the deep red color, the, the Barbera d'Asti. Uh, for us, the Trevigne is... a. The like a little bit then the Perbacco, as uh, I was talking before, is uh, the entry level wine, the entry level Barbera. I don't like that much uh, to to call these wines entry level because for me are all uh, your wines are entry level. <laughs> no, it's uh, like a calling card, business card. I like sure. to call this wine more like uh, uh, wines that uh, wants to introduce uh, Vietti to new consumer. Uh, we need to give. Uh, we need to give uh, new consumers the possibility to be introduced to Vietti also from, uh, you know, the more affordable wines. Because if you think about the cruise for price and quantity, sometimes it becomes difficult. Sure, and then, not everyone can afford that wine. Exactly. And then people that uh, they might not, so they do not know Vietti, maybe they do not want to start to, to spend uh, you know, a couple hundred dollars exactly, a bottle. Exactly, <laughs> and say, oh, how is working this producer? So, Let's try, let's taste the more affordable wines. And so the idea of Vietti, of the family, has been always that to put the highest attention as possible, starting from this kind of wines, because these kind of wines are the wines that opens the door to the most expensive, to the right. other most expensive wines. So, so the structure behind the Trevigne is not a simple structure. Then we do not make only a stainless steel tanks vinification, but we age the Trevigne also for six, seven months in large cask. Normally, Super the, floral wine. See, really pretty. Normally, the, 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 let's say, the less expensive wines, uh, uh, also like the Dolcetto, normally are all stainless steel tanks. Right. Because... Uh, Can't afford. Exactly. For us, uh, Starting from the Dolcetto and, and going to the Trevigne Barbera, we do make always a passage, a, a period of aging in uh, large cask, in traditional bottles. So the Trevigne Barbera d'Asti uh, depends vintage by vintage, but six, seven months, uh, eight months, in depends in large uh, Yeah, and the cask. oak gives it a little bit of body. Mm. A little bit of body, but also this kind of... Uh, immediateness, freshness mm -hmm. that uh, we like to have in this wine because this is really a wine that uh, never miss uh, on our table every day. And Barbera, if you're by drinking, the way... If you're drinking this every day, you're drinking pretty good. No, nah, you know, it's, uh, 
For us, the Barbera and the Dolcetto are the wines that uh, we always have on our table. That's what we drink while we wait for the Barola. Uh, yes, uh, <laughs> no, because every day also for us, uh, we do not open uh, always. Uh, <laughs> so we, we, can, uh, we can drink Barola every day because maybe after a tasting uh, in our tasting room, at the end of the mm -hmm. evening, you have uh, maybe a bottle left, and so you can drink. But otherwise, uh, also for us, uh, it's not... Uh, Everyday Barolo, yeah, but, but it's everyday Dolcetti, it's everyday Barbera, it's everyday it, Perbacco. But by no means, sometimes everyday wine gets a little negative connotation. No. By no means, this is a simple wine. See, this is a, complex so, and yes. wonderful, fresh red berry fruit. See, but the Barbera is always this uh, very fruity, much more on the fruitier uh, mm -hmm. side. And Barbera is really... When I say everyday wines, for me, is the wine that really gets along with any kind of food. Mm -hmm. So whatever you have in, uh, on your table. I like to say that Barbera is, uh, when I especially go around in the U.S., uh, is a Thanksgiving wine. <laughs> because This would be a good Thanksgiving it, Yeah, wine. because when you think about your, your Thanksgiving, amazing, with on the table so many different kinds of uh, food, ingredients, things, flavors, flavors. And, flavors. and so what... what you know, what you pair with. And Barbera is really one of the wines that historically has been always uh, one of the greatest uh, pairing with any kind of food. It's really one of the most uh, versatile. Yeah, there's, there's, there's decent tannin there, but not really gripping tannin. Mm. But the acidity is nice and See, high to go through with the fruit. Because so. the, the Barbera has much more acidity than tannins. Tannins mm -hmm. are in the Barbera are... Hot, uh, a bit, at all. See, because uh, has a little bit of structure due to the right. aging uh, wood, but acidity in the Barbera nice is the bright. characteristic. And we like acidity in the wines, in all our wines, because, uh, you know, acidity preserve uh, wines for also for long times. Mm -hmm. Of course, uh, today Barbera has a much more controlled acidity than in the past, because uh, I remember when I was a child that uh, my grandpa was having this uh, big bottle of uh, Barbera on the table and just pouring the Barbera in the glass. Oh, my God. The acidity was so tremendous because uh, Barbera in the past was, uh, you know... They weren't more, careful with making yeah, it? Yeah, we didn't pay too much attention how to make. It was a wine... Was a, the local a, a, wine. Exactly. It was really the table wine. It was... Produced in very high quantity, very low quality. The acidity was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's taste the perbacco. Perbacco. You know what does it mean, perbacco? No. no. Perbacco is an Italian expression, positive Italian expression to say, wow, mamma mia, no. oh my god. Because uh, actually the, the name was uh, uh, given to the wine by my mother in law. Because when uh, Luca let her taste uh, the blend that he picked for the perbacco, he didn't say anything of what was. And so my mother-in-law, she, she tasted and she said, mm, ah, this, this is a Barolo, oh, wow, ah, this is good. And Luca said, no, this is not Barolo, this will be our Langenebiolo. And he said, are you kidding me? <laughs> wow, perbacco, this is a great, uh, you know, Quality for she was already thinking for the price, not because right. uh, uh, this wine uh, has a really a <laughs> the price of a Lang and a Biolo, but the quality is completely different from uh, any you know 
the language of the other people they can think in their mind. Right. Well, the color is just But beautiful, the, super yeah. elegant and delicate and See, really pretty. The, co the color compare of the Nebbiolo compared to Barbaro's. Barbaro's Deeper, lighter, lot of more course. Fun. If you if you find a, a, a very deep color uh, in the Barolo, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> start thinking about it. Barolo, no. the Barolo tends to be a thin-skinned grape, so exactly. it doesn't give a lot of color. But boy, the flavor! Mm, pretty again, very floral mm. nose. So the idea of our perbacco wants to be really like a a, a great. Uh, idea of what is an Ebbiolo, but to have this accessibility in price and to allow people to, you know, to experiment and to understand what is uh, the Nebbiolo varietal. Mm -hmm. And then when the palate is ready, they can go to much more bigger Quite wine. Barolo, then. Barolo, Barbaresco, so bigger, bigger wine. Mm -hmm. mm. Okay. Now what do we have? Castiglione. 2012, blend of this uh, range of uh, five, uh, six uh, mm. crews. Here, of course, uh, you have much pretty? more uh, intensity. The than fruit's on more the forward, more but there's still a big body to it. I find 12 vintage very, I like 12 vintage personally, because I find uh, the 12 vintage like uh, to be very linear, very straightforward, very... Um, Very didactic vintage. You can understand really what uh, <laughs> you are drinking in mm -hmm. uh, in the 12. Uh, was a fresher, was kind of fresh uh, year, and so for the Nebbiolo, uh, you know, Nebbiolo is a great variety that likes uh, more the fresher uh, weather than the really warm uh, okay. weather. Uh, I like the 12 because it has a brilliant acidity. Very nice. We love, as I told you, acidity in all our But wines. Lush fruit to go along with it, and see, very fruity, yeah. very, very nice, very brilliant. Uh, is a uh, is a very elegant. Uh, I find this uh, in this moment uh, Castiglione very elegant, on my personal opinion. Uh, again, for the price point on this wine, Castiglione, price wise, forty. Five dollars, I guess. I have to yeah, ask yeah, yeah. again. This is delicious, and it commands. I find food. a lot of this one spicy. See, of course. Ah, honestly, all these wines, uh, all yeah. the Piemontese wine, talking about Barbera or Barolo, are wines that uh, they need food. Yeah. If you take even uh, a simple piece of bread or breadstick, but something to eat, uh, they for sure change. Uh, still more and more. These are not wines that they can stand by themselves. That's no. why Barolo is, uh, for many palates, still difficult to, well, to be understood. Own, it's hard. Because people, they want sometimes also, you know, to drink without, you know, without like this, food. Yeah, yeah. without food. And unfortunately, these are not wines that they, they can stand Without food. When I come to Piemonte, you come sit to down, visit us. I'll visit you. We have food and all of your lovely wines. Of course, wives. I will cook something for you. Elena Carrado of Vietti, uh, <laughs> it was just a pleasure to meet with you, My pleasure. hear about your wines and taste. Thank you so much. Thank you very much uh, to give uh, to have given me to have given me the possibility to to talk. Of course, 
and uh, I hope to welcome you soon in Castiglione Falletto. Eh? Thank you. For John's tasting notes on the wines from this episode, go to www.thehonestpourpod.com. Make sure you catch every episode by subscribing to The Honest Pour with John Lennart at iTunes, Stitcher, or the Google Play Store. Also, be sure to like us on Facebook at The Honest Pour with John Lennart and follow us on Twitter at The Honest Pour. This has been The Honest Pour with John Lennart. Music by Kevin McLeod. 